Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz. I know it's football season, but very shortly, it's going to be Syracuse basketball season. Yes, Syracuse football started 6-0 and got everyone excited, including me, about the program again. But then they lost the last two games to Clemson, which they should have beaten, and then Notre Dame, where Notre Dame was in control most of the game. But mostly because I think Syracuse was so disappointed from the Clemson loss, it carried over in the Notre Dame loss. But nonetheless, they're bowl eligible and, to me, a successful season. But I'm always going to go to basketball next because I think Syracuse is a basketball school. Team's always good, always competitive, and something that I talk about often. Anyway, if you're just jumping into basketball scene because of football, because of whatever else is going on in your life, I'm here to break down the new guys on the team, the guys that have been there, the schedule. Got a little visit from Matt Rowe. Gave me a little breakdown of what it's going to look for in the, the Lehigh game coming up. Anyways, so let's talk about the new guys, the freshmen, and one transfer. So we'll start with Judah Mintz. Judah Mintz was a highly sodded recruit. The guy definitely looks like he's going to live up to the billing just watching the exhibition games. Yes, there's going to be some growing pains, but he can handle. He can shoot. He can drive. Uh, defense, not totally sure yet because there are so much substitutions. But um, he looks like he'd be a perfect guy at the top of the zone. In the two exhibition games he started, I think he's going to start the whole season at point guard. And that's Judah Mintz. Next guy I want to talk about is Cardi Copeland. Copeland can play one, two, or three. And he's come off the bench in the first two games, just shown energy. He dies for balls. He has sick passes. He can rebound. He's got speed. He's just a straight-up basketball player. That's the guy you want on a team like this. Malik Brown won the Virginia State Championship uh, against my nephew, Julian Rivera. Julian said it, and I I observed the same thing. Brown scores a lot of steals, a lot of putbacks, a lot of kind of being right place, right time. In the first two exhibition games, six for six, shot all around the, around the paint area and just did his job. Another guy who can run the floor is athletic and will probably play within himself. So those are those three guys. Then there's Chris Bell. You may have heard people call him Chris Bunch, including myself, because that's what his name was. He's changing his name to Chris Bell, some family situation. And Syracuse University is recognizing him as Chris Bell. So if you Google him, it might be Chris Bell or Chris Bunch, um, another athletic guy who can play wing. Uh, he's been in the starting lineup in the two exhibition games. He's kind of stayed mostly on the perimeter. Towards the end of the game against Southern New Hampshire, he had a nice dunk. He had a nice little layup. Uh, he got chewed out by Jim Bam for not getting a rebound. Beheim addressed it in the post-conference saying he's got to rebound more. He didn't have to rebound as much in, in high school. At the college level, he's going to have to rebound. So we'll watch his progression. Peter Carey um, is going to be a work in progress. Big man. Uh, there's so many big guys on this team that I don't see Carey playing that much. We'll see as the season goes on how that happens. Justin Taylor, another guy who can play multiple positions, maybe even the two, three, or four. Uh, in the game the other night against Southern New Hampshire, he had a three, he had a pretty difficult two. He's definitely a player that plays hard. So you got good options coming in and out, whether they are starters or whether they are off the bench, doesn't really matter. I know Steve Platt doesn't matter. Look at Deion Waiters, as, as he always says. One other new guy is a transfer from Duquesne. He's a sophomore. His name's Hema. He has come in in the first couple of games and provided some relief for Jesse Edwards. He looks like he is another guy who will do his job getting rebounds, blocking shots, just doing his job. And I think he understands the assignment, as you, many of you see on uh, 
those stupid Instagram reels or whatever. So who's back from last year's team? Well, you got Simir Torrance, you've got Joe Girard, you've got Jesse Edwards, and you've got Benny Williams. I'll start with Benny Williams. You know, I, I talked about Benny a lot last year. He kind of at times looked lost. This year, he looks more comfortable. He's got a little more arc on his jump shot, which he needed to work on. Still needs a little more work. In the first exhibition game, Benny Williams had 15 points and 12 rebounds. Um, towards the end of the season last year, he started to show some signs of getting it going. Then he got hurt. So looking for him to take the next step in his development this year, Coach Beheim had said it, and I said it as well. He's got to not settle for jump shots as much. He has to go to the basket hard. He has to run the floor. He has to get more possessions and get more offensive rebounds to help himself score. That's kind of where I see Benny Williams fitting in. Keep progressing, keep getting better. So that's Benny. Jesse Edwards played with the Netherlands over the summer, played against men, as Jim Beheim said it. So it looked like he has filled out a little bit more, a little, little stronger. Remember, he got hurt towards the end of the season last year, it really kind of derailed Syracuse season. They looked like they were ascending. Jim Beheim even said it himself. Once he got hurt, it changed the whole dynamic of the team. And it did because Jesse Edwards was de was developing last year, was getting rebounds, getting blocked shots. One thing he has to do this season is stay out of foul trouble. Even in the exhibition games, he was in foul trouble. That can't happen. Got to be on the floor, Jesse. We need you out there. Can't get in foul trouble over silly things. If guy's beating you and there's no chance of you getting a block and it's going to hurt you, don't get the foul. Did that several times last year and we don't need it. Simon Torrance looks like he's the first guy off the bench for Syracuse. Remember against Duke in the ACC tournament, he played great, just carving them up, driving and dishing and playing really good defense. So in the exhibition game the other night, I, I said it in the last podcast, but he had a couple threes. If he's going to have that in the game where he could come in and hit, knock down a couple threes and drive and dish, it's all gravy for Syracuse. Uh, Joe Girard, I've talked about him before coming up to this podcast, but I'll say it again. He's poised for his best season. Why? Because he's going to be playing the two or off guard, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you remember, again, in the Duke game in the ACC tournament, he was in the off guard position, and he looked great. So exhibition is, is, is tough to tell. You know, you want to, when guys do well, you're like, oh, he's going to be great. And guys do, you know, Girard in the first exhibition game came up nailing a lot of shots kind of late and that's kind of his strength. You know, he can get, he can score in bunches. He plays within himself this season, which runs through screens, um, you know, gets the uh, benefits from the, the double team on Jesse Edwards and can knock down those shots. He's going to have a great season. And I think it's going to be his best season. I already talked about the other freshmen, but what I want to talk about is the defense and kind of the rotation. So in the first two games, Syracuse seemed to have, a first unit or starters and a second unit. So the first unit, you know, consisted of Drew DeMintz, Gerard, Bell, Williams, and Edwards. Uh, at times, they seemed like they couldn't play the man-to-man -man defense, which Beheim has talked about. They're, this team's going to play man-to-man -man as, or they plan to play man-to-man. They play maybe a little bit better in the zone, I think, because maybe Benny and Edwards are more comfortable in the zone at this point after playing for a few years. Uh, but when they tried to play man-to-man -man the other night, it wasn't working out too well. But then Syracuse kind of like did a, a line change, and it was Torrance, it was Taylor, it was Copeland, it was Brown, and it was Hema. And in the second half, they kind of ignited the team. And at that point, 
say, oh, these guys have a different vibe. They're they're going in there just to you know to disrupt the game. Maybe they're the ones going to play man to man. Maybe they're the ones going to press. Maybe they're the ones going to give Syracuse that kind of lift, and then the starters should come back in. But I'm kind of wondering, you know, was that starting lineup just a, a an experiment? Is this line changing experiment? It's hard to tell in the exhibition games. That's why on Monday when they play Lehigh, we'll absolutely see what happens. You know, will the game be close? Will it be a blowout? Not sure because it's the first game of the season. But we will see a different rotation maybe or a tighter rotation because the game actually counts. In an exhibition game, you lose, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, regular season game <laughs> counts. So you don't want to lose to Lehigh because that would be horrible for Syracuse's chances down the road. So kind of going into that, the out-of-conference schedule, I wouldn't say is as tough as last year where they had to play at the Battle for Atlantis when they ended up playing Auburn. Uh, you know, they played VCU, which is not a great team, and they played Arizona State. Uh, they lost to VCU. They lost to Auburn. Uh, they beat Arizona State. And then Syracuse also lost to Colgate last year, which was a tournament team, but they came into the Dome and the first time they won in a million years, right? So this year, Syracuse plays Colgate again. They got to get that win. They play uh, at the Barclays around Thanksgiving. They play their nemesis from way back in the 90s, Richmond. Got to get that win. Then they play the winner of Temple, St. John's. They got to get that win in that tournament. Um, if you lose those games, it hurts you down the line for the NCAA tournament because they're on a neutral court. Uh, they have, they're playing against, you know, a big East team and an and, uh, American conference team. It weighs towards the NCAA tournament's decision towards the end of the year. That's hurt, hurt Syracuse a lot last year by losing those, those games early and then having to go through the gauntlet of the ACC, you're going to lose some games that maybe you shouldn't. Hopefully they can win some games. They shouldn't after the tournament at the Barclays, Syracuse plays Illinois in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which is going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, I talked about Illinois maybe in another podcast when I was doing the schedule release to be back, but and doing more research about them. They are ranked. They are got some new blood in there, some Baylor transfers. But one thing I, I can't stand is they, they're trying to steal the, the orange thing. They say hail orange all over their page. Well, send that back, man. <laughs> if you listen to my podcast coming up this year, I, I started this thing called Send It Back. I already sent that back once. I'll send it back again. Hopefully, Syracuse sends Illinois back an L. But anyways, <laughs> they it's going to be tough to win that game just because it's on the road. It's against a Big Ten opponent. But if they can, if Syracuse can get that win, it'll be huge down the line for NCAA tournament uh, selection. Now, in a conference play, Syracuse plays... Duke once in the Dome, North Carolina once in the Dome. North Carolina is the ranked number one right now. Duke's in the top 10. Uh, Syracuse plays Virginia home and away. Um, and, you know, the regular cast of characters in the ACC. But those are the ranked teams they have on their schedule right now. Um, remember last year against North Carolina, Syracuse lost to North Carolina at Chapel Hill in overtime. And as I joke with my buddy Adam Peterson, a big North Carolina fan, if it wasn't for Syracuse losing that game, or if Syracuse had won that game, would North Carolina even made the NCAA tournament? Look what they did. They went to the championship, and they should have won that game against Kansas. They blew it. Uh, but, you know, Duke, always a problem for Syracuse. 
uh, new coaches here, John Shire. Well, we'll see. You know, the ACC will always test you with these good opponents. And as I said, there's some games that Syracuse may lose. Hopefully there's some they may win they're not expected to, but those are some tough games that they have uh, within the ACC schedule. As I mentioned, the, the game that Barclays, Colgate, uh, got to win those non-conference games to help with the NCAA tournament because the ACC schedule is just tough, and we know that. So that's the schedule. Uh, I talked about the team, the schedule. I talked about the ske- or I talked about the new personnel. I told about the guys coming. Uh, I talked about the schedule. Now, you know, maybe a little bit more on the defense. Um, Beheim said today on a Syracuse radio show, you know, I plan to play man-to-man. I plan to play zone. But if things aren't going well, you know, and one or the other, I'm not going to just stick with it just to stick with it. You know, that's a contrast and a difference in what Jim Beheim would say in the past. It's It was zone or nothing else. This team is... They can play man-to-man. At least some of them can play man-to-man. We'll see what happens. At least he has that philosophy going in, which is not something you've heard Jim Beheim have in the past. I feel like Jim Beheim's got this new energy of this season. You know, the, a lot of the old guard of guys have moved on. You know, Roy Williams moved on. Uh, Coach K moved on. Jay Wright have moved on. There's not a lot of old-time coaches anymore. Jim Beheim is it. So it's like he's in a class of himself. And... Now he's got these freshmen that are all, you know, very energetic, athletic. It feels like he's got like a new, not new lease on life, but just a new form of energy about this team and how things are going. And I like it. I like that they're going to play man-to-man. I like that they're going to do line changes. I like that uh, there's multiple options of guys who can play multiple positions. It's not something Syracuse has had in a long time. So I'm excited for the season. As I mentioned in the beginning, you know, I asked a friend of the show, Matt Rowe, who commentated the first two exhibition games to give me a couple keys to the game against Lehigh and what he's going to be looking for. He's going to call the game again on Monday night on ACC Network X or ESPN Plus. Check that out. Uh, here's Matt. The three keys for Syracuse University Orange basketball Monday against the Lehigh. The first one would be finding a third and fourth score to compliment Jesse Edwards down low and Joe Girard on the perimeter with those two returning starters. Syracuse has a great inside-out game, um, and they have to find that guy who's been a third or even fourth. The, the first exhibition game, both Benny Williams and Judah Mintz played well in the second half, but no one's really stepped up since then in the second exhibition game against Southern New Hampshire, and they're going to need at least two to three other guys that are a threat on the perimeter and to help Joe Girard out behind the three-point line. The second key to me is, you know, Coach Beheim figuring out the rotation. You know, you have the first guard to me is Symir Torrance coming in. He can play either guard positions. Justin Taylor seems to be the first swing player off the bench. And the transfer from Duquesne, Hema has been a great addition as far as uh, when Jesse gets in foul trouble to block shots, be a rim protector. Uh, and it really hasn't become an offensive score, but that, that defensive mindset with him has been great. And the third key that I've seen through both exhibition games so far is that Syracuse, although early defense is always ahead of offense this time of year, uh, but their offensive sets 
are just kind of, uh, you know, not, there's not a lot of continuity. I think the extra pass will help this team. There's been a lot of one-on-one -on -one up high double screen rolls, high screen and rolls. And, um, you know, with Joe playing off the ball, there's some certain instances where you got to kind of get him coming off some screens and when he's open, find him. So all those are the keys to me for the game Monday. All right, so Matt thinks that Syracuse needs a number three and number four score, and who is that going to be? Is it going to be Benny? Is it going to be Judah Mintz? I think it's going to be scoring by committee, really. You know, it's Joe, Gerard, and it's it's Edwards. I think Edwards should be option number one just because even though everyone wants to play small ball and shoot threes, everyone's eyes still go on the big man when he gets the ball in the post. And as Edward looks like he's improved a little bit in the post, I would go to him early and often, especially against these smaller teams. Just pound the ball inside to him, let him maneuver. But we haven't really seen any of these exhibition games. Can he pass effectively? Can the circus kind of get like a hockey pass going? One, two, one, two, one, two. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I think it's it's there for the taking of one of the, any of the guys. You know, Jim Beheim kind of kind of fooled me in his press conference when he talked about Benny Williams has a lot of work to do. The next couple of weeks are important for him. I thought his starting position was not sealed. It was like up in the air. It it's, might still be because those are exhibition games. You never know the difference from an exhibition game to a <laughs> to a real game. You know. The lineup could be completely different. It could be Copeland in the lineup. It could be Justin Taylor in the lineup. Start. I'm talking about starting lineup. So we just don't know until the game starts. But I think even if you kept the, the lineups the way they were, I like that line change. I think it's really good. Uh, Mintz, to me, can score at times. I think he's even said it. He said it in the Juice Online. It was on one of my stories. He's got to be picking and choosing his spots. And I think that's really important as a point guard. He has to pick and choose his spots. You know, if the guy's playing against him, can't guard him, go by him. If it's a tougher guard and he needs to pass and, and move and pass and move and pass and move and find the open man, do that. You know, if Joe Gerard is hot, get him the ball as much as possible. His job is just to make the offense go any way possible. It doesn't have to be from scoring, but Matt Rowe thinks that they need a, a, a third and fourth score. So we'll see how that all plays out. I know that's a lot for the Dome Dog podcast today, but there's a lot to get into with the schedule and the guys coming in. Also, thanks to Matt Rowe for giving that breakdown. Hopefully, he will join me throughout the season to give breakdowns and talk about more things. He was the first guest in the Dome Dog podcast. I will put in the show notes the link to his audio podcast. Not as much video then. I wasn't doing as much video then. But there is audio. He's some great stories about um, recruiting and uh, guys on the team, Sherman Douglas. So check that out. It's a long interview, but it's great. Please comment, share, like the video on YouTube. That's how other people will find the Dome Dog podcast. I love to hear from my fans. Also, um, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, you can hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Dome Dog Pod. Just ask to be in the group. I'll let you in. Thanks for listening to Dome Dog Podcast. Talk to you soon.